First ball in Test cricket in England for Shane Warne. And he's done it. He started off with the most beautiful delivery. Gadding has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. He still doesn't know. He asked Kenny Palmer on the way out. Kenny Palmer just gave him a raised eyebrow and a little nod. And that's all it needed. Well, that has turned about two and a half feet. Gadding can't believe his eyes. What a start for Shane Warne. Mike Gadding bold warned for four. England, two for 80. All right, welcome to another episode of the Give Us a Spell podcast. Bit different this week, as you can see with my background, I've got uh, Warney. Um, I've got Tommy and Coey with me. Boys, we thought we'd um, jump on a Monday night, pretty rare for us. Um, obviously, we're known for a lot of our racing and stuff, but we do love sport. And we got some freaking crazy news. Uh, Saturday morning, I guess it was, I think I saw it at about two in the morning, a few messages coming through and stuff. And one of the greats, Warney's not with us anymore, King. Yeah, I know. It's it's a shame. And I thought legitimately, because I was still at the pub when little bits of, of the news filtered through. And then I got home over my like Twitter feed, as you do, you're just like, oh, this is a hoax for all money. Because you hear all the greats fucking passing away every second day. And then you open the feed and you go, holy shit, this is actually legitimate. Like, I mean, this is taken out of the usual proportions where it a hoax will be like a couple of little feeder tweets that retweet each other, whatever. And then you see this and you go like actual people with the, the blue and white tick on mm. Twitter, you know, the, you know, the, the confirmed kind of sources and yeah. new journals and everything else. And you just go, well, oh, I need to dig a little bit deeper just to make sure. And sure enough, I mean, I saw the unfortunate news about 12.30 on the Friday night, mm. Friday night, you know, Saturday morning. So went, holy fuck, the boys like yourself and Tommy, I, w- I wasn't sure if you guys were up, but I was sure enough just, just to put the feeder out because we'd um, already talked about Rod Marsh pass- passing away earlier that day and just went, fuck, surely this can't be real. And then it was, I mean, more or less it was confirmed by morning, the time that I woke up and it was just, fuck. It's yeah. just tragic, isn't it? Like it's a, it's a, the good die young, and you know, Warney was one of the, you know, the fucking legends of the game, and he just passed away. I think when I, what I did was I was in Tamworth with um, a couple of manly greats, and we'd been on the piss all night Friday night, and we got back about twelve or whatever, and we were in a little bit of group chat, so we didn't get lost. And I remember we got a message going, Warney, just question mark, and I was like, and I was a bit pissed, and I saw it, looked at it about two. And I didn't believe it either when because we talk about Rod Marsh and like Rod Marsh and I, but I get these updated emails from Fox Sports like all day that whenever their headlines and shit I'm like Fox Sports just sent this about Warney went checked his Instagram he still had a live story and like a post and shit like he'd only posted eighteen hours ago yep. so I'm like this is fucked so the fact that he's I was in yes I was pissed but I was and it's kind of weird I. Yeah, I've met Warney a couple of times playing poker. That's the only time I've ever met him. I've played poker a couple of times with him. But it's so weird to feel a weird way about someone you don't even know. Um, Tommy, you know your cricket left like by the back of your hand. What did you think when you saw it? Yeah, well, I, I got a message from Coey, another one from our mate Bushy. I was just about to hop into bed and, yeah, I, I didn't believe it. Both of them just said, Shane Warm, what the fuck? I was like, oh, surely not. Surely some sort of hoax. And I think everyone sort of said the same thing, that they couldn't believe um, 
with our reading. And yeah, it was a shock. Coe and I actually saw him in Melbourne about a month ago when mm. we were down there and having it out to everyone as we're about to walk in. And we wondered, because we'd just come back from the Big Bash final, how he beat us from the final <laughs> to the casino, because we literally weren't straight there. Yeah. Um, but he, as you said, mate, like he, he just, he was having a chat to everyone. He, like, he, um, yeah, it's, and people are calling it like our Diana moment. And like, it, you, you, like, if no one knows him, but you just feel like you do. You've, he retired, what, over 10 years ago, and he's still just really? a big part of Australian, like, Australian sporting culture. And just everyone knows Warney. I was going to get my dad in. He couldn't jump in today. Well, my dad's, only two years older than Warnie. So I grew up, my dad's a nuts, like a fanatic on cricket. And the amount of memories I have, just as like when I was a youngster, but heaps are just about Warnie and like how much he, my dad used to just tell me, he goes, the Mike Gadding ball, that's something you'll still watch when you're 30 years old. I'm like, well, I still do. Do you know what I mean? Like I would watch that a couple of times. It's like when you watch Peter Siddle's hat trick, there's certain things in cricket that you watch all the time. You watch Gilly's like second fastest ton. There's certain things, but to me, Warney's always been number one. Like, I, there's not many – Everyone, a lot of people can be fast bowlers and shit. There's not many people that can bowl, spin, and do have a unique way, get on, get out on 99, somehow be amazing in the slips, be a party animal, smoke burners like yourself, King, and still be one of the greats. Like, fuck, he's, he was always my, like, number one cricketer, always. It doesn't go without saying, really. Like, I think – I think, I mean, not to overshadow the whole Rod Marsh thing because he was a legend, but at the same time, he was kind of before all of our times, I guess, to a certain degree. Like, we didn't really grow up with what he did. And he was still touted as one of the greats, you know, like, and the fact that Warney died within the 24-hour period, I mean, no, you know, condolences to all the family and friends and everything else that are a part of the Marsh family as well. But we grew up with Warn, and he was such a significant part of, our lives as Australians, you know, just watching sports. It, 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 it didn't even have to be sports. So that's mm. just what made him iconic. He was just such a character. Uh, and, like, the world is suffering, dare I say, of this tragedy. And it's just, it's a shame. It's just, you go, whether it's the time we live in where, you know, information gets, it travels just so fast. Like, we probably picked it up, you know, within the hour of him passing because some bystander or someone in the Thai hospital that passed on the message saying, Hey, that's Shane Warne. Mm. You know who Shane Warne is? Like, you know, like as soon as you pass, if you're a well-known kind of commodity or a person in general, like the information's out there in the open. And, you know, like we found that out at 1am or 12.30 in the morning, whatever it was. And that was just globally spread in seconds. And, I think culturally speaking, I think this is where it's just so interesting, I guess, is how big cricket is and how big Warney was. Mm. I think just everyone knew who he was. I mean, cricket's really in the, you know, like in the limelight, a sport that's a part of the Commonwealth. But uh, like it's it's a sport that's, you know, kind of, I'd say probably, I don't know, 20 to 30% of the world knows what cricket is. So many and things the thing as well with it but, as well, right? So, um, like he he terrorized England. So, like he would literally like terrorize them. And he's pop, he's more popular in England than he is in Australia. Almost every um, like he was on his way there. I think his next stop was England to commentate there for their um 
their upcoming uh, tournament. Michael Vaughan put out a great message about him have, uh, spending Warnie's last Christmas um, with him and just how generous he is. And, he, and Warnie, instead of having some of the big turkey, he's still having like lasagna bread roll sandwiches. <laughs> and, like it's just ridiculous yeah, how, how much he's had on um, Australian culture. Like I, I got the nickname Warnie growing up because I bleached my hair, I bob leg spin, and I talked a lot of shit as well. Um, like uh, the amount of like I used to just watch endless videos of how he would bowl, like I'd, I like trying to perfect a flipper or he's um he's wrong or whatever he did. Can we get I, a photo, Tommy? In the backyard, I do. I, I was trying to find the photo. There is one that the Stone Advocate did use. I'm <laughs> gonna find it for you. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd bowl in the sunnies as well. I'd literally bowl in the sunnies. Um, just everything like Warney because he he was so good at leg spin and um. Everyone, everyone just wanted to be him growing up. He's, um, yeah, he's such a big part of Australian sport. I think, like Cody said, condolences to his family, you know, and he's got a bunch of kids. Like, yes, he was the larrikin and everyone knew him around the world, but he was a pretty, like, devoted dad. Like, you can see even the things that he does with Jackson. Like, Jackson's done a bunch of that stuff lately and everyone sort of got to know him. I know that he plays cards with him all the time. I've seen that. And, you know, he was on that uh sas or whatever the hell it was and he's got the other the girls that he does like tiktok videos with and shit like he's a good dad and i think it, and it's weird everyone sort of feels like i have a bit of shame like i'm i always think it's kind of I've, like i said earlier the fact that i find it weird that i'm a bit sad or i'm more sad about this than i have been about other celebrities and people that have died and it is a bit of a diana moment because i'm going to remember that when warney died like 52 like that's insane I guess one of my, I'll start on like one of my favorite things about Warnie. We can go through them. Obviously, the Gadding thing is very cool and he's done a bunch of good stuff. And I think I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was the beginning of like the Big Bash sort of era. I mean, they're doing the mic'd up stuff and he said he was about to do something. He said, I'm just going to get him out. I'm going to do this ball. And it literally played out as he said it and absolutely spot on. Like he was, he was really good. He had a bit of a banter with Glenn McGrath and stuff through it as well. But what's your, um, What's your to anyone, to, uh, to McCullum, like the best yeah. T20 batsman in the world. Yeah. The morning's been retired for a few years and he's literally, yeah, I'll, just, I'll, I'll beat him with a slider here yeah. and absolutely smashes him. That's what I love. The fact that a spinner can say that too, like fast bowlers can do their thing, but a spinner can just go, I'm just about to do this. But um, Kelly, what's your favourite warning moment? It's, it's hard to really knuckle down one. And, I mean, Fox Sports have been absolutely dishing them all out. Oh, might be Cricket Australia. I don't know who it is, actually. But I watched the entirety of the top – what they classified as the top 50 wickets yeah. of one year of all time. And just the fact that you can have a fucking top 50. I mean, he took over 700 wickets in his 145 tests, which is unbelievable. Right, like I tried to break that down, and it's it works out like the numbers are unbelievable. Can you really have a best? Like, I mean, for me, it's more so more recent than not. Like, I mean, yeah, his first wicket was like one for one hundred and thirty, was unbelievable because that just put him on the map, and the the selectors decided to keep him on. And mm. I had this chat yesterday or the day before, whenever it was, uh, just the idea of in my time of watching, I uh, my favorite wicket. Like it's well, one of my most iconic warning moments was just literally it wasn't even him bowling; it was him trying to get a hundred and him getting out in ninety nine against the Kiwis. And, so you know, sad. like he was a great bowler, and pe- people tout him as the best leg spinner, and I think he will be the best le- leg spinner to ever live. 
I don't doubt that. Like we haven't seen any anything remotely close to his quality as a leg spinner. We've seen some good offies. We've seen some great pace bowlers of our times, but leg spinner that's so consistently taking wickets like that, like unbelievable. But I mean, what's most memorable for me was you know when he <laughs> tried to hit that tong that six over fucking mid off against the Kiwis in a test match that he just went, you know what, this is who I am. I am going to hit a six. And as a character, as a character, I think that just speaks so loudly that it's just like, you know, it's not like he, I mean, he was definitely arrogant when he used to play to a certain degree because he was the best. Here he is with a bit of willow in his hands, just going, you know what, Kiwis? Fuck yeah. I'm going to hit a fucking hundred. I'm going to hit it with a six. And then him getting out, and it was just, it just glues to my, and it just went, fuck me, Warney, you did it in true Warney style, and like just the idea of him smashing meat pies, drinking a can of coke, and having a durry in the change rooms before going out to set his sails towards a big test ton. Oh, as a character, that's that's the most uplifting for pretty much anyone that wants to be a cricketer. I reckon, um, not even in the bowling sense, it's just as an athlete. I think when you're talking about spin, like we've had spinners and I was hearing Clark talk this morning. He said that like Stuart McGill, for example, can spin the ball probably the same way as Warren, but not as accurate. He goes, Warney could put it on a 10 cent piece every time, similar to what Glenn McGrath could do. No one else could do that. And Warney could bowl at a bit of pace too. Like his spin was actually quite fast. So ridiculous at how my, how actual I, I, I think Tunner's, but um, back when he was training, like, like at his peak, you know, halfway through his career, uh, I'm pretty sure him was literally, he'd leave a piece of hanky in the designated spot on the pitch, wherever it was, and he had to land four in a row. So he, that could take 20 minutes and he'd be like, yeah, sweet. I did it in 20 minutes or that could take six hours. You know, like he could be delivering, you know, a thousand deliveries to get four in a row. I don't know why four was his number, but, to get four in a row on a piece of hanky, the stumps on the pitch, that just showed how committed he was. And, you know, we, we always dismiss, I wouldn't say dismiss because I think it's more more on the unknown side, I guess, it's just that he wanted to be an AFL star, you know, yeah. long, 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 long time ago, you know, like in the scheme of things when he was a junior, like he was a within that development squad of St Kilda and down in Melbourne and everything else. And to turn it around, like, he debuted in 1992 in the Sydney Test. So the fact that Junior St Kilda AFL player, let's say he was, what, 16 to 18, and then managed so to just Cody, go pick up another so, craft. So what happened? He, he got dropped. You me? He, yeah, he, he was best mates with the captain. So if, if you haven't watched it on Prime, came to light. Uh, Aired a couple months ago. Anyway, I, I watched it yesterday, but it actually talks about how he was really good mates with the St Kilda captain. All he ever wanted to do was play for St Kilda. And when he was 18, they just said, mate, you're not good enough. So towards what you were saying before, Cowie, he had that rejection then. He couldn't stand people saying, mate, you're not good enough. Yep. And he's like, well, he what, what else do I do? I've been playing a bit of cricket. I work on that. He said he was winning a couple of tennis matches. And at, at one yep. point he thought, oh, okay, maybe I'll make a bit of go to tennis um, thing, but he ended up going to England, playing cricket like 
seven days a week almost, put on a heap of kilos, but then he got signed for the Australian Developmental, um, which has produced so many stars now. But back in the day, no one had... Um, it's a brand new thing in South Australia. I think Terry O'Keefe even said he was the one teaching chain then. And that's where we met Ricky as well. Um, growing up as touted as a, a, a young sports star. And he was the one that gave Ricky uh, the nickname punter. And Ricky did a really good interview. If you haven't seen that where he got really emotional, but, um, and then Warney uh, didn't get picked to go on to this uh, development squad to go over the West Indies. So he said, uh, they said, oh, mate, yeah, yeah, you're just not putting in enough. Just look, stay here, work work on your wrist. I think he had a sore shoulder or wrist and just keep working, but you got to keep training by yourself. And he said, no, nah, no, nah, I don't want to do that. He called up the Victorian coach and he said, um, if I come back to Victoria, will you give me a, a grade game? And they said, yep, yep, uh, I reckon you're a fair chance of having a game. So he goes, yep, so long, I'll move back to Victoria and I think he took a bunch of wickets from there. And within a year, he debuted for Australia. And then they put a plaque up in the um, in the training grounds of the first player ever to graduate from that training program. And he didn't even complete it, actually left it because he didn't get selected. So he, you're, you're right, Kelly, that competitive edge, he used that to really, like, when he wasn't picked for something, he is so determined. He did get dropped once. And I, I yeah, still think... Yeah. For uh, um, in the West Indies when he was coming back from his shoulder injury and Steve Waugh dropped him and yes, he's, he, he was filthy with it and he still feel I don't think him and Steve Waugh really spoke much after that like it's still like one of the noted big um, talking points in sport sporting feuds him and Steve Waugh and I know Ian Chappell was a big part of Warney and everyone says Warney would, would have made a great Australian captain. Um, and it, it, it proved that he, he captain coached the first IPL team after being retired for a couple yep. of years. So um, it's, it's really amazing. He's, he's cricket's rock star. He's bigger than Ben Hur. Like he, he legit like has done some amazing things. Uh, my favorite was that um, ball he got Strauss out on for his 700th. It yeah. was it was just ridiculous. Like um, the the MCG, like that every every Christmas he'd send um, Andrew Strauss a Christmas card saying uh, thanks for leaving that one, mate, because he um, got the seven hundredth wicket. And I think KP he should have been stumped the over before that Warney was bowling, and he's thank God uh, Gilly dropped it because he would have been the seven hundredth. But um, yeah, that ball he got Strauss on with beauty, and it's almost as good as the gadding ball. Like, and not just the gadding ball, that was his first ball in Ashes cricket. Like, uh, it, it's just ridiculous. And also... And to reiterate... Sorry, sorry, Donna, but that was the number one, uh, according to Cricket Australia or whatever it was, whatever the top 50 was, that was the number one wicket for Warney that they touted, that uh, Strauss... Did, <laughs> delivery to Strauss and bowling around. So... I mean, it holds a lot of weight. Like, I mean, I, I don't know if it's number one. I reckon his number one wicket was as big as his 700, to be honest. But, like, I mean, that was still a historic moment and it was huge. And just to, I guess, really go back was just the fact that at 22, he debuted. At 18, he was still kind of within the development of St Kilda. He turned that whole shit around in four years, which is unbelievable on a national scale to represent a country. So, I mean, he was just an absolute legend all round. 
I think it's quite disappointing that he was never captain. So I heard that he was, I know he done, did a couple of one days, but as, as a test captain, the everyone was saying how like smart he was. I was hearing Pop say unbelievable how smart and like he knew the game so well. Um, he gave Pup his nickname, which I didn't know. Um, I was listening to a bunch of the greats and they are so in awe. And like, yes, Warney's done a bunch of silly stuff and whatever, but he owned every single stuff up he did. Right, that's the cool thing about it. And the world still just forgave him each time. So he's got a lot of respect in the game. Um, it sucks that he's gone, but um, it's so brutal. It's so brutal. When I think about Pup must have been pretty close with him, eh, Tom? Yeah, massively. And um, I think the Greg Cricketer boys, or maybe it was someone else that had that said um, Pup's two best mates in the cricket uh, cricketing world were probably Philip Hughes and Shane Warne. So um, he's he's had some big big moments in his career, pup, and he he was a big uh, reason why he was so uh, sort of ruthless, like Warney was, like and such a good captain as well, because he um, pup was so competitive, just like Shane. And um, I was at pup's last test in um, at the Oval in England, and um, even I, I think they had no chance of winning, but he he just still so competitive and. Yeah, he he'd be he'd be hurting really hard with the, this news. Um, I, I don't I don't recall any cricketers that wouldn't feel in it. Uh, the Ricky Ponting one was a big one. Um, seeing Michael Vaughan interviewed, um, even even like his first captain, and um, Alan Ball, really really yeah. emotional um, around yeah. it, and Isha Gilakran on Fox as well. Like it's um it's it's rocked everyone. It's um. Yeah, and as you were saying, Zach, like he, he's he's his ability to read situations is made him one of the best commentators he'd ever seen as well. He could just pick things before they happen, just like field settings. Like even in the most recent one, like him and um, Mark Waugh talking about slips catching and just the art of slips catching and why like having good discussions around Warner and Smith and their fielding and they just wanting to wanting Australia to do so well. And um, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah it's real shame. It's um, when, like I said, he like wrapping up now, but he gave a lot of raps to Alan Border. Apparently Alan Border had his back like from day one, even though when he was sucking at the beginning and, you know, one for however many, apparently Alan Border had his back for every time. So luckily Alan Border saw something uh, in him that uh, made him kick around, but um, Vale, Shane Warne, um, devastated, but um, we move on. Um, hopefully his, his kids are doing okay and all his family and friends and that. But um, boys, we'll wrap up. We got uh, a bit of league happening. We're going to get a league one out and uh, Manly coming Thursday, the opening game, and then obviously a bit of racing and stuff too. But um, thanks for joining me, boys. No dramas, mate. And um, just in the way they end that uh, documentary as well is they have the top five cricketers of all time and four of them say sir in front of their name and the other one Shane Warne. So if it was earlier time, he'd definitely be knighted, but yeah, it just, it just shows the company he's with there, him and Bradman, um, two best Australia have seen, that's for sure.